It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and it's a very special day today, every single Friday, Ferg Friday, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer, who I get more and more thankful that he joins us every week uh, because I have, I have to keep moving the time around. So <laughs> I am incredibly <laughs> thankful for your flexibility. How are you? Uh, hey, no worries at all. This is it's football season now officially. So I mean, you got to be on the clock at all times if you're in this industry. So yeah, no, I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm I'm ready to actually talk about actual football. So we were finally getting that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and I appreciate you slumming it down here with me. Uh, Listen to you on Split Zone <laughs> no, Duo, and it's like, man, this guy is just. Uh, I mean, Jay Ferg is just off to the moon now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate that. No, uh, for those who, those of you who don't know or don't listen, uh, I was on with uh, Split Zone Duo. My friends Alex Kirshner and Richard Johnson have an excellent national college football podcast, yeah. and uh, I came on to talk a little SEC, a little Big Twelve, and a little uh, Conference USA. And so, uh, yeah, check that out if you're interested in like some non Auburn stuff that we get into. Yeah, yeah, you know, that you, you did a great job, and it's interesting. That's the second time you've had banana peanut butter banana shakes come up in a podcast conversation like the last month. What are the odds of that? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I stick to like my key, um, <laughs> your you, key, know, you, you have my, your my talking points. <laughs> I have my talking points. I have my strengths. <laughs> and, uh, one of my strengths is talking about, uh, milkshakes you can get at fast food places. So definitely nothing wrong definitely with that. one of the, definitely one of my strengths. Nothing wrong with that. All right. So we're recording this Thursday night as we always do. We, uh, we heard from Brian Harson, the collective we. I read it. I wasn't mm-hmm. able to watch it, um, but but I, I read the right. transcript. What's your biggest takeaway? And you know, maybe there's some tone in there that I lost. You know, reading the you know the, the transcript of it, but it seems to me, Justin, the biggest thing from Harson's opening presser, you know, this fall uh, or his first fall season at um at Auburn was Demetrius Robertson's not here yet. It, it was that the biggest takeaway for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and it sounded like he could be back by like Tomorrow. the end of the day that you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah today. So, right. um, yeah. So it, it seems to be like wrapping up soon. I mean, somebody pointed out to me, uh, it's final, like summer finals are happening right now at Auburn. So it's probably the same thing going on at Georgia, or, or you know, in that in that kind of camp. So that makes sense. The fact that they were like, yeah, he could probably be back at, out at practice on Friday is like, okay, so he's coming really up on it. I mean, yeah, it's 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 there's a couple of things that you can take away from it that are not huge, but like interesting, like setting the tone kind of things. Uh, one of the things I took away from it that uh, Auburn fans I know have been asking about and are excited about is he, he was asked about like the physicality of practice and, and his philosophy. And he's like, look, we, pra- we scrimmage on uh, uh, in, in, in practice eight and everything we do up till then is going to be good on good. And if you don't take football parlance for a living, uh, good on good means first team versus first team, which means best on best. Um, you know, that's going to be the kind of tone they want to set. They want to find out who's going to be ready to go because uh, they've got a lot of work to do 
in fall camp. And so when you're trying to establish a depth chart, um, putting the best against the best is going to be the best way to do that. And uh, it is a departure from what we've seen uh, under the previous regime. Yeah, I was about to bring that up because that was something, I mean, you probably heard it from callers, um, you know, in, in your talk radio days. I certainly have. And, you know, people right. begging, Auburn fans begging Malzahn to go ones versus ones. And it yep. seems like that's happening here. I think that's a good thing. I think there's a lot to gain from that. There is. There absolutely is. And especially when you're a first-year head coach and you've got so many newcomers and you've got so many question marks in certain positions. Like, here's a great example, wide receiver, right? How are you going to determine out of that wad of players who could be key wide receivers for you this season at Auburn? How do you determine who is going to be your best bet? Well, you roll them out there against uh, Roger McCreary and Nehemiah Pritchett and Drayshon Miller and Smoke Monday and 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 the best you've got in a, in a deep secondary. That's that's going to be the best way to go about it, right? Going up against the scout team is not going to tell you who is really going to separate th- things. And, and so, if you're trying to find separation from your wide receivers, the best bet uh, is to put them against the best defensive backs you got and let them work. Same thing with the line of scrimmage. You got offensive line battles. You got defensive line battles. You've got edge edge defender who's going to be the starters there. Put them all best on best and let them go to work. And uh, it, it's it's it is the way to find separation. And when you're in a you know in a window of time where you have 25 practices to figure out who the best is, um, and you don't really have anything to go off of in the past because you are a new staff, this is the this is the way to do it. What's the downside of going best first best? Does the defense yeah. just own the offense? Is that is that the <laughs> is that the worst case scenario here where it's just like the defensive line is so much better than the offensive line or you know the defense just as a whole is so much better than the offense so it's like hard to get a good look? Is that the worst case here? Yeah, I think that's kind of some of the things and like early on in practices it'll be this in fall camp you'll hear this at every practice. Uh early in camp defense is going to be better than your offense. Right. There are very few times if ever um where the offense is looking better than the defense early on because as we know, defense is about effort and offense is about execution. It's the best way to do it. Now, both both aspects of football, offense and defense use both to a high degree, but if you'd rather have one or the other, um, you know, more than the other, you want effort on the defensive end and you need execution on the offensive end. Right. And so it takes a little while longer for, I mean, defense, you're trying to blow stuff up. Offense, you're trying to make sure everything works right. My high school um, football coach, Coach Maddox, he said this to me in one yeah. practice and it's just stuck with me 10 plus years later. He said, defense is like a shotgun and offense is like a scalpel, you know, very clean and precise. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much more yeah. that could go wrong on the offensive side of the ball than the defense. And when you're still learning, especially with a new offense, yeah, I mean, you're going to hear that a ton. And I'm glad that you said that because folks listening to this, we're not going to freak out about that. We're not going to freak right. out about the defense no. winning throughout fall camp. When you hear about the first scrimmage and you're like, yeah, the defense had a bunch of turnovers and the offense had a hard time moving the ball. It's like, yeah, that's going to happen most of the time. And especially this season when you have so much coming back on the defense and so much, you know, more in terms of answers you check off uh, already about the defense side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a big thing. And the other thing I think is just, you know, best on best going a hundred, hundred miles an hour, full speed, you know, in practice, people worry about like running yourself into injuries or, you know, guys getting hurt in practice. And so there is a balance you have to strike. Uh, but if you're a first year staff and you have the mentality, like, uh, Brian Harson and the staff do is like, hey, you're going to go 100% full speed against the other guy. 
uh, offense and defense uh, because that's the best way to get you ready for the season. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. They have a ton of different flavors. You've heard me say them a million times. Strawberry, cookies and cream, German chocolate, orange, all kinds of it. They all have a ton of protein, 17 to 18 grams, depending on the flavor. And then calories ranging from 130 to 180, once again, depending on the flavor of Built Bar. All low in calories, all low in sugar, all absolutely delicious. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Jay Ferg, what's going on these days at the Auburn Observer? I imagine this is a, a perfect time to sign up as fall camp starts. You're going to have a ton of coverage of that, I assume. And then obviously the football season's uh, going to be here before we know it. Yeah, fall camp is going to be a perfect time to get on board. So here's here's what you're doing. Today, as you listen to this, uh, at a, on a Friday, right. Auburn is going to have two practices, two practice availability windows. I mean, we're going to be able to watch some of both practices Auburn has, the, the veterans and the newcomers. We're going to talk to players during the middle of that as well. And so there's going to be a lot to take away from that. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to see a lot. We're going to hear a lot on Friday, right? And so what I can guarantee you, if you are subscribed to the Auburn Observer, is that Saturday morning at 6 a.m. Central Time, you will get a newsletter in your email inbox that runs down everything I feel like you need to know from that first day. That's right? going to be a big instead one. Of clicking on, so yeah, instead of clicking on a bunch of links or you know having to read a bunch of tweets or hunting down different information, I'm going to try to give it all to you in one fell swoop. Right. Um, and so that's what I, I can give you Saturday so it's a good time to sign up. Follow me on Twitter for stuff throughout the day. I'll, I'll be I'll be there doing some stuff like that, providing it for the people. But subscribers, uh, you want to get on board with that. AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year. Get on board. There's no better time than right now to get going because we're going to be doing fall camp 100 miles an hour. There's a ton of stuff, a lot of availability, a lot of practice time to watch. And uh, you're, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give give the best I can on on uh, on, on on all of that. And uh, yeah, if you sign up and, you know, people who are signed up right now who listen to the show, you know that this week we've had a couple of podcasts. We ran down the non-conference schedule for, for Auburn basketball, what that looks like this right. year, because it's pretty tough. Uh, did some fall camp preview stuff, did a breakdown of Caden's story. So you can read all that at AuburnObserver.com. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just for folks, I, I think most folks listening, you know, pay attention to the biz and understand how it is, but... Even the paid sites. I mean, obviously, free sites and the paid sites, clicks are such a big thing. So they'll put one quote in one story, another quote in another story, a conversation with one player in a story. You don't care about clicks. That's not your thing. You're uh, you're, Never, you're you're giving the people what they want with information every morning or most mornings all in one place. So extremely valuable stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's my thing is that, you know, we want you with the way this, the, the newsletter format works, the email newsletter format works is, you get you in the door, 
Uh, you sign up, and that's all you got to do. Yep. And everything we do gets emailed to you, and I'm not going to bombard you with a bunch of emails. But I do know that during football season, most mornings you're going to get something uh, from me, whether it is a uh, a newsletter or a brand-new podcast. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, actual journalism. So be sure to subscribe to that, auburnobserver.com. Harson talked a little bit about the starting offensive line. Didn't really seem like he'd give a whole lot of – names yep. as far as who's starting you know who's competing for those starting tackle spots but what did you take away from that answer so the big thing about that answer to me was that he said that they were going to play there are going to be guys who were going to play tackle and guard they were going to move them around now here's the interesting aspect of that you have 25 practices to figure out who your best five is right and you have an idea of this guy's probably going to play here and here you can play here and here mix and match and do that but you've got to get to a point sometime in fall camp where you know your five and you know the backups, and then mm-hmm. you keep, you know, you push on, get get the camaraderie, get the cohesion, get the chemistry all together, and, and start going. If you go back to spring practice, Auburn kind of, you know, with the new staff and the new way of practicing and the new offense, they 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 just kind of, in terms of depth chart stuff, they kind of stuck to what they ended last year with, the previous staff did, and then did very little moving around. It was more of like, let's get the nuts and bolts in, let's get the fundamentals down. This is how we do things now. Get ready for it. They've had an entire summer to work it, work out, get some more information on these guys. So what they're going to do in fall camp now is they're going to do some of the mixing and matching. And this is going to be the time where they want to find the best five. Um, most of the time when you have an offensive line and you know with a returning staff, you kind of know, all right, this guy's a returning starter here, here, and here. You can probably fit fit there. You might move some guys around from time to time. But for the most part, you know, fall camp is where you kind of tune things up on the offensive line and get ready to go. They're going to have to put this crew together, find who's the best spot, where, who's the best spot, who's in the best spot next to a certain guy or whatever. And uh, so the cross training was really interesting. It's not that they're going to say you're a left tackle. You're just going to work at left tackle the whole way. Mm -hmm. It's going to be guard. The guys are going to be moving around because I think they want to exhaust all their resources uh, and, and, and find the best five, which is smart, but also you're working in a pretty limited time frame because you only have 25 practices to get it all together. So it's going to be a lot of hard work really, really quickly for that offensive line. So what do you think is, who do you think is least likely to make the starting five from left to right? Troxel at left tackle, Tayshawn Manning at left guard, Nick Brahms at center, Council at right guard, and Broham at right tackle. Which of those five do you think is least likely to be a starter against Akron? Troxel, and the only reason I say that is because there's a lot of tackles there. There's a lot of competition at tackle uh, that you can have. You also have Alec Jackson in the mix. You also have the two Juco uh, tackles from last season that um, have done a really good job from everything I've heard during the summer and mm-hmm. are going to be ready to compete and ready to roll. Um, I, I think that there is a chance that you could see Brennan Coffey or Killian Zyre make a push this 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 uh, this fall. So Is it good I, for I Auburn not- if they do that? Yes, because you want to have competition. Competition brings out the best in everybody, and you want to be able to say, okay, when we get to the season, not only do the two guys we have starting at tackle are we confident in, but if they go down, we know that we have we that the guys behind them can be ready. So that's ultimately a great thing for Auburn. Last season we saw when Brandon Council went down that uh, you know things weren't quite the same. You need more depth. You need more quality depth. You've got the experience. You've got a little bit more numbers at tackle. I think they're fine there. Um, I'm just interested to see where council plays, right? Cause like he could play anywhere. And bro, when you say stuff like our tackles could play guard as well, the alarm bells go off in my head to be like, hmm, maybe Broderick Sam is going to kick inside and play a little guard and just see what they've got there. Right. 
that that well, if, if Broham moves into guard, who who plays tackle? Council? You know, or one of the JUCO guys I mentioned, if they're ready. Wow. You know? And you've got you've got Troxel and you've got Alec Jackson as well. That's the thing about Bradarius Ham potentially moving inside a guard. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. People have said about it for a while. Like if Broham makes it to the NFL, he's probably going to be a guard. Uh, but he's had to play tackle at Auburn. Um, so maybe he's a guard in this system now that you have more tackles. If if Zyra and Coffee are ready to be guys that can challenge for starting jobs, you have a little bit more flexibility where you can knock a guy to the inside. Brandon Council is the ultimate X factor here because he can start anywhere, right? And you, and you would you would feel like he's going to start somewhere, but it could be right guard, could be left guard, could be either tackle spot. I don't know, man. Like I feel like right guard, if you want to run it back, it makes the most sense. But they're going to have a plenty of flexibility, and it sounds like from what Harson said, they're going to exhaust all their resources there with that. Yeah, I, I just remember a few years ago we went through all of this, and like a lot of it had to do with like where we we're going to put Braden Smith, if mm-hmm. I remember that offseason correctly. And it's like, yep, I don't think our O line was good that year when we did that. So I'm always a little cautious when I hear stuff like that. Do, uh, do other Braden, places do this? Braden, let me think about this. Braden Smith played his final season was 17, right? Right? Am I, am I right on that one? Was I, it? I believe so. Okay. Yes, he his final season was 2017. So, like, yeah, I think that when they finally settled it, that might have been 16 where they were kind of figuring out where to do. Maybe because there was Golson, talk about Golson as well. Oh yeah, because they correctly. wanted they yeah. wanted to put Braden at, at right tackle, and then something happened and they didn't. And then a lot mm-hmm. of Auburn fans were mad because he got drafted early. And then he's like, oh, he's a really good tackle in the NFL. Like, what yeah, in the world? He's a right tackle. Yeah, he's a, he's a, and he just got paid. He just in got the NFL, paid. Good for so. him. Yeah. But in 17, they had a pretty good offensive line that year. And I think, yeah, there were some, there were some, I think 16 might have been the year where they were trying to figure out some stuff. Golson had just, Golson made the break. And then if you remember correctly, 17, the the key to 17 on the offensive line was getting Casey done and just being like, boom, you're the center. And now we can, now we can move Golson to somewhere that we need him to be. Um, You know, so I, I think, and having carry on Johnson. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, having carry on Johnson makes your offensive line look better because he will just say like, "Okay, I'll wait, 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 wait." Oh, there's the hole. Go, yeah. go take God, off. He was so good. He was so oh. underrated. And, and I really hope he makes it makes it stick in Philadelphia. In Philly, yeah, yeah, me too. He's a, I mean, I see so many running backs playing the NFL that I'm like, it could be anybody. Why not a guy like Carry on Johnson? Totally. He's SEC Player of the Year. Come on. Um, but yeah, I think the cross training is a good thing if they do it early and just kind of fill, fill the, fill out their best spots. Um, but you know, I think they want that flexibility. Say, say a tackle goes down, right. Or a guard goes down is the best case scenario for them. Not just saying, Hey, uh, the backup right guard now comes in. Maybe it's, well, maybe we can kick a tackle inside the guard and then put a tackle back in. If we think the tackle's more ready than the backup guard is. So I think there's a little bit of that to keep in mind. Not thinking of it as one, two, three, four, five, then six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, in two fr- two depths, like two chart, uh, two depth chart levels. Mm-hmm. But maybe thinking here's our five best, and here's number six and seven, and depending on who goes down in one through five is where we can play six and seven. Got it. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
All right, Jay Ferg, let's talk a little basketball just for a second. Did you, um, what do you think about this this tough non conference schedule? Yeah, it, it, you know, Bruce Pearl said it in the uh, in the in the press release when it came out. It was like this is the most ambitious non conference schedule I've ever had in my career. It's the most non- ambitious non conference schedule that Auburn has ever had. And my, I'll be very honest, my initial reaction to it was like, oh, this is Bruce talking up the next big thing. It's it, like a lot of coaches do that. And, and then in my mind, I'm like, you know, kind of in my head thinking like, dude, you just played Gonzaga and Baylor, the two teams that played for the national title last year. And then the year before that, you played Duke. Played Duke. Can't, I mean, it can't be tougher than that, right? Well, then I did what every person should be doing in this, in, in my position. Instead of just running with my assumption, I just looked at the numbers. So if you look at Ken Palm in the past and you look at the projections of what Ken Palm might look like uh, for, for preseason in 21-22, Bruce is right. There's a chance they could end up playing five top 50 teams in non-conference play this year. The most they've had in the last few years is three. You play up to nine top 100 teams and they don't have very many gimme games. They only got a couple of them where you feel like, okay, this is blowout city from the, from the, from the jump. Um, So yeah, this is a pretty ambitious schedule. It doesn't have a Gonzaga or a Baylor or Duke in it, but what it does have is a lot of teams that are going to be competing to be in the NCAA tournament this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. It's going to really help their resume. They're playing six away from home. That's the most they've had under Bruce um, in, in non-conference play. And that you put that all together and it's like, yeah, it is ambitious because I think if you're going to get ready for an SEC schedule where you're not going to have any let up in it much, have a non-conference schedule where you're not going to have any let up. It's like, man, it's going to be a grind from beginning to end. It's not going to be one of those years where you can get around Christmas and you look up and Auburn's played four straight games where they beat teams by 30 plus each yeah. night uh, at home. I, I think it's, it's much more varied than that. And, and for a good reason, but you just seen this mentality shift from the program where it's like, okay, we're not doing this to uh, increase our overall record. We're doing this to get the best team when it matters most. And yeah. with the yeah. way the sec is getting better and better and Auburn fans have tasted a final four run and they want to do it again. This is the best way to do that because nobody cares what your record is before January. Like in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. It, it matters yeah. as far as like where you're going to get seated, but this Auburn team's going to be good enough in conference play where it, it's not going to matter when it's all said and done. Yeah. So what you want to do is you have to be in your best position when you get into SEC play that you haven't been, and you saw it a little bit with some SEC teams last year. Uh, if 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 I remember correctly, South Carolina and Gonzaga, or Gonzaga. South Carolina and Georgia didn't get like didn't leave their home arena for a while yeah. in non-conference play and played a bunch of cupcakes and then they came into SEC play and got the got their teeth kicked in and I think when you're scheduling something where you're hitting the road more often and you are playing some teams that have some weight to them you're not playing a can't miss title contender but you're playing some really good teams that are going to be in the range of where you want to be which is an NCAA tournament team this is going to help you a lot more. This is going to get you ready for the grind that is SEC basketball a whole lot quicker. And then there's some interesting little, uh, you know, little tweaks to the schedule, like like the fact that there's a chance that you go to uh, battle for Atlantis and you could play three ranked teams in three straight days. The way things are working out. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, you go play U- USF not at their home arena in, on campus in, in in Tampa, which is already a big enough venue, but you're playing them at the place uh, where the sec tournament's going to be so you're already going to get used to hmm. the venue and the lights and the and the and the um the spacing and yeah. the depth perception and all that so it, it was a really smart and very ambitious and very tough schedule from bruce yeah 
I mean, I was pumped about this upcoming season, but we had Zeb Jasper on the show yesterday. Yeah, and great interview, by the way. I listened to that. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I had no idea what he was like as a person, but mm-hmm. holy cow, Auburn fans are going to love him. Oh, yeah. Him and him and and they're gonna love everybody that comes in because the, all these dudes I think are gonna be great. Yeah, uh, and 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 really click with the fan base. But like him and Wendell Green specifically, they've got the these dudes coming up from mid majors, the smaller guys, the scrappy guys. You know, they've got a lot to prove, and they want to and they want to show that they can hang. And uh, yeah, man, Zep Jasper, the Honey Badger, get ready to get ready to go with that. And uh, and uh, I think. I think he's exactly what Auburn fans are going to want to see, especially in the defensive guard from what he did at the college of Charleston. Yeah. And you know, he's just, he said all the right thing. He's been in Auburn for five minutes and he just said all the right things, man. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. He, and, um, you know, and it's funny that he, it sounds like he trains with Malik Dunbar a good bit growing up like yep. that's yep. Yep. And there, there's a lot of comparisons there too. So, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He, he has very, he has a ton of Malik potential in terms of being like the cult hero from this team. Uh, that might not necessarily be a dude that leads the team in scoring or is, is a guy you see, you know, play the most minutes. Yeah, and some similarities too. Both transfers, obviously, and then they both had two mm-hmm. years of eligibility after they transferred. So, kind of some fun stuff there. Jay Ferg, thank you so much once again for being flexible. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. such a pain. And uh, no, you're good. Yeah, tell folks uh, once again how they can sign up for uh, for all of your coverage on Auburn uh, Auburn Sports. Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. Sign up. Uh, put your email in. It'll send you an email that gives you all the information to subscribe. Six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. It's a perfect time to join up right now because, like I said. We're going to learn a lot on Friday with the practice availability windows and the interviews. You're going to get something that's got all of it to you Saturday morning. It'll be a, it'll be a big newsletter. Don't worry. Um, AuburnObserver.com. Sign up there. Check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. That's Justin Ferguson. We'll be back on Monday to recap everything happening over the weekend. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blacker. Be sure on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.